Oh, I'm wearing my Star Wars BB-8 shirt, everyone. Oh, I'm oh wearing, very nice. I'm wearing my Rebel Scum shirt. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. I've got my Alderaan um, temperature. Um, <laughs> temperature. <laughs> That's Perfect. such a good shirt. Oh, my gosh. The temp, the weeks, the week-long temperature, that one. Yes. Perfect. Yes. The one that's like 10,000 degrees, and then it's like nothing. Yes. It's, it's so, I love that shirt. I want that shirt so bad. Oh, man. That's, that's a good one. Forecast. That's so great. <laughs> Welcome to a special crossover between How's Things, a podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library, and... This Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network, where we follow the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi through the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. My name is Steve Rudd. And I'm Amanda Smith from the David A. Howe Public Library. And I'm Nick Gunning from both. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> from both! Thank you. <laughs> you know... <The> crossover. <laughs> Amanda, before we dive into, we're, we're, we're talking about Alphabet Squadron today, everyone, but before we dive into that, yes. we were supposed to cross over earlier with that Ewoks graphic novel. Amanda, I know you read it, but you had a oh, stomach gosh, yes. bug and we couldn't record. So I just need to know, as somebody who's not really familiar with the Ewoks, how did that graphic novel land for you? To be fair, I was a little confused at yeah. times. <laughs> I, part of me was like, I mean, I get that we're kind of just before Return of the Jedi and everything, and it's a lead up, but the storyline, I was just so unfamiliar with what was going on. I was like, it's like out of left yeah. field. Yeah. It's, it's kind of strange. Steve, what is Isn't that, that called? funny though? Shadows of Endor. Yeah. And it's funny because since we've been following the story of the Ewoks, it's not yeah, out like, of left field. And we mentioned sense. that, that like, yeah. yeah, like if you if you haven't been <laughs> deep in the lore, like I was talking to somebody about this at work and they were like, oh, hey, listen to your thing. And they're like, you go real deep in the lore. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> to the stuff that nobody knows. Yeah. You know, like we're deep as deep can be. And it made sense to us where other people are like, I, I yeah. This is what we were talking about in that episode. It's like, unless you have watched the Ewok movies and like know the cartoon front and back, you're not going to have any idea what was going on. So thank you for confirming that, Amanda, that it was, in fact, a confusing experience. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, um, this should be an easy bookmark because we've all been reading the same things. But let's open our books and see where our bookmarks are at. Today, for our special May the 4th book club, we are discussing the novel Star Wars Alphabet Squadron, which came out in hardcover from Delray Publishing in June of 2019. That's right. The novel was written by Alexander Freed, and aside from the, the trilogy of Alphabet Squadron books, he also wrote the Rogue One novelization, which I have, in fact, read. I didn't realize when we started Alphabet Squadron that I've read something of his before, but Rogue uh. One novelization. Steve, you'll like this. He wrote Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic Lost Sons. It's a graphic novel set in that Knights of the Old Republic era. Oh, yeah. Amanda, you're you're into that too, aren't you? Knights of the Old Republic era? I do like the KOTOR mm -hmm. genre area. That yeah. one was pretty good. But I haven't read as much in terms of like the graphic novels as I did like that short short i say yeah. like the three hardcover books that came out that were about darth revan and oh, yeah i read that yeah yeah mm. so that was i enjoyed those a lot mm -hmm. and then also... i got into the video games pretty good for a fair period of time too that was fun 
I've never done like the classic Knights of the Old Republic video game. Steve, you you wasted some time on that, didn't you? Oh yeah, it's not wasted time. <laughs> no, I... wasted time. <laughs> when it's instead of schoolwork, it probably wasted. <laughs> I wasted right, a lot true. of time. <laughs> he also wrote one called <laughs> Battlefront Twilight Company, set in the the Battlefront, you know, set within those games. I... So. I meant to read that book. That, that book. Oh, really? I can't remember if that's the first one or the second one. Those apparently were really good. They got rave reviews. Yeah. And I just never got around to reading. Hmm. This book, Alphabet Squadron, was released in hardcover, as Steve said. There's also an audiobook and then eventually a paperback. Characters from this book crossed over in the prequel comic TIE Fighter. So this was this was marketed as a as like a Marvel Marvel publishing Delray publishing crossover because that Tie Fighter graphic novel uh, ties into it. I have read that. I read that back when it came out. It's super hard to find now. It's out of print, mm. uh, but it was oh, decent. Good. Like it didn't blow my mind or anything. But there was uh, I don't know if you guys were reading. Did you guys do the like the hardcover or were you doing audio or how'd you read the book? I did mine on hardcover, though I had looked for it on audiobook, but I don't think our Libby has oh, yeah. that book. No, it doesn't because I look too. But the hardcover, oh, right. the hardcover puts a few pages of the issue like into the book. But it was so mm -hmm. confusing because it wasn't where it fit in the story. There was no like, and now here's a sample. I thought that was really odd. Yeah, I listened to it. Uh, I did get the book, so I have it. Okay. But I was so afraid of potentially not finishing it that I listened to <laughs> it on the audiobook, and I just you know just breeze through it's like i don't know it's like 15 hours or something yeah. like that so it was like nothing but you were um, wild about the reader right what didn't you say that that it didn't I, distinguish the I character voices really, very well yeah i think this this reader had a lot of trouble doing different voices and oh. she ended up doing lots of accents for oh, people I to kind of to differentiate kind of, oh, okay. and i thought that that went really bad and, and she, <laughs> oh so and she read like pretty much like this all the time. Mm. And when it was a boy, it was like, I'm a man. And it's like, oh, wait, is this the narrator or is this the right. character? I wish I could remember the narrator's name, but I read the uh, Claudia Gray book, Master and Apprentice, which is an Obi-Wan Qui-Gon book. I mean, I feel like we've talked about this on a Star Wars episode in the past, but the, yeah, yeah. the reader on that was amazing. Like I, I would have believed that they got Liam Neeson to drop in and just do the Qui-Gon stuff. I mean, it was yes. right. flawless. It was amazing. So this one was Saskia Maraveld. Okay. I don't know if she's done other stuff. When she went at the very end, you know, when they're kind of like announced themselves. Yeah. I thought that voice was better. And I was like, she should have just oh, read like the in character that voice. voices. In a little bit too. That's yeah. Too she a little bit. She does. She does what I do where she puts on her radio voice and it's like, she should have just relaxed. Yeah. Read the book. And then, you know, yeah, it would have been. Well, yeah, better. I mean, an audiobook reader really can kind of make or break it. But anyway, uh, this book, yeah. Alphabet Squadron, yes. is the start of a trilogy. So it's got the tie-in TIE Fighter graphic novel, and then two books follow, one called Shadowfall and one called Victory's Price. I love the cover art for these. Like mm. that sort of, oh, yeah. you know, blues and oranges, just almost like a 70s vibe, which makes sense, you know, considering uh, the origins of Star Wars. But I really like the looks of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's dive into the book. Steve, can you hit us with a, with a little bit of a plot detail here? Yeah. On the brink of victory in a brutal war, five New Republic pilots transform from hunted to hunters in this epic Star Wars adventure. Set after Return of the Jedi, Alphabet Squadron follows a unique team, each flying a different class of starfighter as they struggle to end their war once and for all. The Emperor is dead. 
His final weapon has been destroyed. The Imperial Army is in disarray. In the aftermath, Yuriko Quell is one of thousands of defectors from her former cause living in a deserter's shantytown until she is selected to join Alphabet Squadron. Cobbled together from an eclectic assortment of pilots and starfighters, the five members of Alphabet are tasked by the New Republic General Hera Syndulla herself. Like Yurika, each is a talented pilot struggling to find their place in a challenging galaxy. Their mission, to track down and destroy the mysterious Shadow Wing, a lethal force of TIE fighters exacting bloody, reckless vengeance in the twilight of their reign. The newly formed unit embodies the heart and soul of the Rebellion. Ragtag, resourceful, scrappy, and emboldened by their most audacious victory in decades. But going from underdog rebels to celebrated heroes isn't as easy as it seems, and their inner demons threaten them as much as their enemies among the stars. The wayward warriors of Alphabet Squadron will have to learn to fly together if they want to protect the new era of peace they fought so hard to achieve. Part of a Marvel and Delray crossover event, Alphabet Squadron is the counterpart to Marvel's TIE Fighter miniseries, which follows the exploits of Shadow Wing as they scheme to thwart the New Republic. Okay, so the publisher's summary there really sort of lays it all out. So let's get into it right away. I think, yeah. uh, why don't we just start with just a basic thumbs up, thumbs down. How do we feel about this? Amanda, you first. What do you think? I enjoyed it. Like, I know some of the other Star Wars ones that we've read oh my that have been newer have yeah. been a little harder to get into. Yeah. I'm thinking back to our last year's podcast of the High Republic. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. That was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of went into it with a little bit of trepidation because I was thinking, please don't be laid out like the other one was. Yeah. But I enjoyed the way that they presented it. I liked the characters and just how they blended them together. I mean, I felt like some stuff was just reiterated a little too much, but mm, at the same mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. the plotline I enjoyed, and I liked the diversity of the characters and just how they kind of worked well together over time, but also there was that tension friction of having to overcome the differences yeah. between each crew member. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I'm, I am in the midst of the second book, and I'm curious how they'll develop it from there and solve some of the different issues that have come up. Oh, so you, you went right on to book two. Oh, yeah, yeah. don't say anything. I'm, that's a, I, I won't spoil. I won't that's spoil. a ringing endorsement. <laughs> uh, would you say, wait, Steve, we, Amanda and I have been on a Star Wars journey together, not unlike our own, where we end up uh, reading a lot of bad Star Wars books together because we did, what did we do? Last year was, I don't even remember which of the High Republics, but before that was that Alan Dean Foster book, The Approaching Storm. Oh, yes. Which was yes, in the prequel true. era. Also not good. Oof. So it's been a really? while. Yeah, it's been a while since since uh, we've read a good one. I have mixed feelings about this one. I think this mm-hmm. is one where the premise, I think, is really intriguing. I love the idea of really seeing the nitty-gritty of, like, what happens immediately after the Battle for Endor. And I gotta say, they talked about the Battle for Endor so much, would it have killed them to just say Ewoks once? I just... <laughs> they didn't. Just, just I, mention... I was surprised. I know, every time, every time, there was not even, like, a thank goodness for those indigenous little teddy bears who saved our lives but no we never got it we never got it but i really liked the idea of you know because the movies it's like okay they've they've destroyed the second death star they've killed the empire now there's no more empire that's it that's gone it's just kind of like an easy fix and so i like in this book they're like i mean yeah you did those things but there's all these imperial remnants left and like 
that doesn't just magically go away. And I liked the reality of them dealing with, what do you do with these people who were just kind of like foot soldiers? Like, they're not evil. They're just like people who were part of the Empire and now, mm-hmm. like, need jobs. And how does that play out in a post, you know, the Rebellion Wins world? So I really liked that. I liked Eureka. I liked quite a few of the characters. I think my biggest criticism is in book one. So within the book, it's structured, you know, book one, book two, book three. And the first book of just kind of getting everybody in place, I felt like I would have preferred a book that jumped us right into the action and maybe fleshed that out with some uh, flashbacks, you know, to kind of show mm. how people got there. Mm. But I was a little ready for for the part, like part one, book one, to be over with. But ultimately, I think I'm in a place where I'm like, yeah, I liked it. It was decent. How about you, Steve? Where are you at? I didn't really like this book. Okay. Um, as I was listening to it, I kind of like recorded things down on my phone. I recorded way, probably a little bit too many things down that I really thought missed the mark. I oh. like okay. how the book did kind of, you know, like the diversity of the characters, right? Each person was very different, flew a different ship. And I like that they were like, mm-hmm. they they kind of embodied the, the quality of their ship. Yeah. But I thought the whole time I was like, is this book about Quell or is it really about other people? Mm. Right. It very quickly kind of fell apart as being a book about Erica Quell. And I found myself going, man, I want more stuff on Will Lark. He's a more compelling character, Mm. but I just felt Quell's character. She didn't work on paper maybe, but if you talk about how, you know, the, the kind of the breaking apart of the empire reminds me a lot of world war two when the Japanese army surrendered, but there were so many isolated islands that they interpreted certain messages like the war is over. We surrendered Japan surrendered as like propaganda. Mm. So they d- decided not to surrender. So mm-hmm. we were still fighting with Japanese soldiers on isolated islands, even when, Japan had already surrendered, right? So right. I kind of equate it to that, mm. right? That's the closest thing in our history like that. And so when somebody says like, oh yeah, I defected. I get, you didn't defect, you surrendered. You, you mm. sur- <laughs> like you lost when you, when you change sides after your, your team loses, basically, you're not defecting, you're surrendering. And so, you know, her character just did not swing a home run for me i was just like man mm. you know she claims she pities the rebels she couldn't answer that she was ready to fire upon her own people you know th- just as the story progressed she kept saying things and doing things that i was like that's not somebody who's a rebel who sold out right she said originally oh yeah i wanted to but then i just never got around to it and it's like she she talked about the people that came after her when she got to that camp Right. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Those people are so late. And I'm like, you just got there before them. But see, I like that. I, I feel like that was I feel like that was a strength. I didn't bump up a Gundam's character at all. I, I I liked her quite a bit and I could have done with a little bit more depth and insight. But I sort of feel like, you know, on the flip side of what you're saying, I think a little bit of her opportunistic streak or the way that she was kind of, I don't know, like rolling with the punches and, and kind of. I don't know, sometimes kind of felt like going going with the victor. I felt like that's what made her, to me, kind of a compelling character. Amanda, what did you think yeah. character-wise on Yurika? I did find it a little hard, and I think I'm more inclined to agree with Steve in that 
it, yeah, in some ways it was, oh, you got to the end of the war, and then all of a sudden, oh, you've decided to switch sides. <laughs> Now's a good time. Yeah. Defect. Yeah. Well, we tried Switching that. to the winners. It's, that's what it's right, there. Right. Yeah. And I can <laughs> see how, especially that would breed a lot of animosity and difficulty and trusting with the side that you have switched to, because if you switch to the very end, it becomes a question of motivation of, well, did you do it truly because you were yeah. planning on the Or is it kind of a numbers game, right? It's right, like, yeah. where are the chips about to fall? I'm going to try to be on that side. Right. And I thought, like, I got very frustrated with her tendency toward not integrating with her squadron of just maintaining mm, yeah. constant distance and being like, oh, well, all right, they're bonding great. But I don't need to do any kind of connection with them because they're good. Yeah. And then so, being confused, like, why don't they like me? That's like, right, right. Like, uh, the probe well, droid told you to do it for crying out loud. I love know, that like droid. I love that you know, droid. Yeah, like, <laughs> so. This twisted torture droid who's now this counselor. Yeah. Kind of I loved character. it. I thought yeah. that was a great character, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, so they, well. they take a little torture droid and turn it into Deanna Troy. I'm, uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just for the darker past, I think. Right, yeah, a little bit, little bit, a uh, little bit of darkness there. But do you think that like the the flaws in her character? I mean, do you think that's bad writing, or do you think that's the way the character was intended to be as kind of a I, problem? I think it was bad writing. I think they tried to make okay. a character like they tried to make a character like Finn. Right, Finn made sense. Right, mm-hmm. he's there. He decides not to shoot. Right. Uh, Quell kept saying, well, I did my part. I did my part. And then we find out at the end, you know, spoiler alert, if you're listening to this, we're going to talk yeah, about that's the true. End. We're going to have to. Yeah. Doing it right now. She <laughs> was responsible for the destruction of what was that planet? The, the one. Yeah. So she was responsible for the destruction of Necronis. We're talking billions of people. Yeah. And they, and and they're all like, oh yeah, just come on, fight for us. And it's like, <laughs> yo, that is not you're you're not a defector, you're not even a you're not even a surrendering. You're a prisoner of war at that point. <laughs> like we're talking, you know, we're, we're, I mean, like, could you imagine if you know, like, one of the German generals of World War II was like, ah, I surrender, I surrender. They put him in prison. Yeah. Like, no, you know what? We yeah, still got some of your true. people to mop up. That's Why don't true. you just command our people to do it? No, it doesn't make sense. And so for me, I could not reconcile that to her character. I would say that would be the most foolish thing. You'd want to get information out of her and put her away, put put her on trial, right? Do the right thing as far as you did all these things and then you surrendered when you realized you were sorry for it. Not like, you know, not beforehand, like Finn would have not fired during mm-hmm. that mission would have not destroyed would have chosen not to i see um oh, that's attack a fair. That's a because fair that's criticism. what he did and that's why i think his character was more compelling in that manner that he was like we saw that he was really struggling like seeing the struggle mm-hmm. yeah for her it was yeah i killed all those people i did my part but you know i felt bad but i can't shoot my own people and i really don't care about the rebels i don't mm. pity them you know i don't like them i just pity them i was like yeah. that's you're not winning me over here. Has, you know? Have either of you read any of the the old X-Wing series? I did. Did oh, you? Oh, like Rogue Squadron? Yeah. Yeah. I did not. My brothers were really into those, and I was curious to see like what kind of crossover there would be between yeah. that period of writing and this. Because, I mean, it's, it deals with some of the same stuff, like just right after the Empire. Mm-hmm. I almost said false, but <laughs> is in its collapsing stage. Right in where whatever element that is 
Um, but yeah, uh, I was curious to see what the crossover was like and just different differences in writing style. So what do you think, Steve? How does that compare to some of the old X-Wing books? Jeez, oh, I read the I read it when it was there was four when the X-Wing series wow. was four books. So I think okay. now there's like so eight. your information's your information's out of date. So okay. I, I mean, I remember <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was a uh, one of the main characters was Wedge. Was it Wedge Antilles? Yeah, I think it's Wedge. I think so. Yeah. I'm like it was Wedge. Yeah, and it was some other stuff. There was some other connections between other books as well. Yeah. Uh, during that well, time. Well, like, like I Jedi, for example, with Corrin Horn is kind okay. of a link between the X-Wing series and the Jedi Academy series, which... Uh, um, oh, and the would, Jedi Academy series. Okay. Yeah, the Jedi Academy series. And that actually, I was thinking of the Jedi Academy series earlier when you were talking about the idea of there still being isolated islands post-World War II where people are still like fighting the good fight. Um, Because that's kind of the plot of the Jedi Academy trilogy where there's this secret (laughs) Imperial base and they have not gotten the memo. And so, you know, like they're going whole hog, like Empire is everything. And that's kind of the the crux of of that. But Corrin Horn is the one who sort of brings the Jedi element into the X-Wing series. And we were, I'm trying to remember, do we have a straight up Jedi in this story? Not at all. Yeah, this one, yeah, not at all. Very loosely, but I don't think we ever see any jedi or anything we go to the jedi temple for mm-hmm. a brief period but then there's yeah. no actual jedi that show up right and so that's that's an interesting thing to do uh, one of the books that was kind of coming off of the solo movie it was ray carson i think it's called most wanted um but that's another one where there's like there's no jedi element and it's when you're critiquing a star wars book to not have a jedi element in it i think that sort of like throws a wrench into how you rate these things how do you guys feel the absence of a jedi character either improved or detracted from the story. What do you think, Amanda? You know, I think it kind of works because I think if you always have a Jedi character, the tendency is to have that be the dominant character and then the audience just continues to follow them. And it can be Mm. hard to develop other characters and maintain the interests and kind of build. And since this one does focus on different characters, I think it worked not to have a Jedi just kind of dominate. Yeah that position and and even just logistically i guess at this point in time it's luke right i mean it's luke and and that's basically it so you know but i don't really even think they played much with like oh is this character force sensitive you know i think we got maybe some tendrils of that but that wasn't really much of an element in there who besides hera so hera who's like the the you know the commander of alphabet squadron obviously primary character in star wars rebels what other screen, like screen scene characters, are in this book besides Hera? Oh, is it just her? I think. I think so. I think so too. I she just... mentioned. She mentioned talking to Admiral Akbar, but he never actually shows up. Yeah. In the book itself. Yeah. She talks about Chas talks about meeting Jin. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. right. When they were yeah. in prison together, I think. Right. And that's when it was when they were, they were like yeah. in prison. But I thought I that was really cool. I did too, actually. I thought. Because from their perspective, it was like Jin was really the hero, like of the rebellion, because she's the one who made it possible. And I thought that was such a, a smart touch, because you know these are like essentially like espionage agents. You know what I mean? So like they would see the value and like appreciate what Jin brought to it. <laughs> I didn't like that. Oh, you did. <laughs> I wrote. No. I wrote. It's, I wrote Jin did everything that mattered because that's what they said. That she says Jin did everything that mattered. And I was like, oh, well, well that's I, up for debate. Yeah. Jin didn't do everything that mattered. Everyone did it. And that's what's so great about the rebellion that everyone does their part. Right. 
I think the point the character was trying to make that she was the one who like got the ball rolling by taking that step. But I think that's, that's true. Yeah. I think that's interesting to note. In once I realized that 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 Alexander Freed wrote the Rogue One novelization, I thought that was a nice bit of connection mm. there. You know, that's because cool. like, are there characters who stood out to you guys? You know, I did want to know more about like Will Lark's backstory, yeah. and I know mm-hmm. we got some of that, but it would be interesting to kind of delve into his character. I'm still like, even though I'm into the second book, I'm still quite curious about Kairos and just mm. what the yeah. backstory is there, because we keep getting all of these subtle references and hints here and there, but nothing's fully developed yet to know who is this person. Like, is she trustworthy? Is she not? Yeah. Is there more? Obviously, there's more there than he's developing, but yeah, yeah. So a lot of questions there. And then Nath, we've gotten some information again, but he's like this slippery pirate, and all I can like picture in my head is, um, did you guys play Jedi Starfighter when it came out? I started it. I never finished it. I have played it, but I won't be able to pull a reference from it. Oh, all right. Well, there's a pirate character in that who's called Nim, and so. Like whenever Nath oh, I never got speaking, there yet. I just keep I like I just keep seeing Nim okay. and hearing Nim's voice. So it's just an interesting crossover. But yeah, yeah, I'm curious to see because again, we get references from Nim being kind of this questionably shady character with his own agenda and he seems mm-hmm. like just the mercenary type who's just in it for the money, but mm-hmm. is that really true or what's what's there? So yeah, I think mainly though Kairos is the one that I'm like, who are you and what's going on? Yeah, I, I was waiting for the breakout on Cairo, Kairos, right? I mean, they kind of did Will, Chas, you know, they even talked about like their old pilots that died, like Satanique and um, uh, one of the other ones. Like they even talked about them more than Kairos, even though Kairos was in the book the entire time from, you know, cover to cover. I thought that was the most mysterious of all the characters. Yeah. You know, wasn't Kairos the one that let, Quell go when she was trying to steal the X-Wing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was yeah. going to kill her, and then Quell's like, no, no, I'm trying to make it right. And she's I'm trying like, to make it right. And Quell's like, make it right. All right, make it right. And I was just like, yo, what? Like, let's let's go back to that. That happened, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, right. so it's like, you talk about trusting your pilots. That one trusted you, so she should have hung on to that, I think, the fact that, like, when she got back, hey, why did you let me go? Why did you right. let me, you know, why did you let me do that? Because I could have just run. I could have just run away and then never come back. And so, I don't know, I th- I, for me, there was just a lot of things that were really good ideas. I thought the, the conversation between Blink and Will, that was really cool. Oh, that was interesting. That yeah. was really good. What and, specifically stood out to you? Well, it was when they were making fun of Will for just talking yeah. to his ship, mm-hmm. you know, and then he like opened a channel and was like, you know, hey, you know, oh, it's so hard, this and that. And he's just kind of talking, and all of a sudden a voice comes over, and this voice is talking to him, and he said, it, you know, and the, the narrator was like, it took him a while to realize that this was a TIE pilot talking to him. Mm. The TIE pilot was like, you're not going to survive this. The maw is going to swallow you, you know, kind of like grinding him down, you know. Yeah. And then they, like, cut the transmission. But I thought that was really cool, like a point where, like, the, they were talking to each other, yeah. you know, one side of the like the space cloud on the other side of the space cloud kind of thing you know i thought that was a really cool touch in the story that that happened no i agree i feel like that stands out and i think one of the things that's nice about that is that you don't get a lot of that you don't get a lot of sort mm. of like 
crossing like that and and seeing it from the different sides the different perspectives you know yeah particularly within like you know essentially like enemies or former enemies you know yeah just dealing with the reality of the situation that was an element that i really liked about it because it made return of the jedi's kind of storybook ending feel like okay but like if it was real there'd be all these loose threads they'd be there'd be all these gray areas and i really liked having a book that was devoted to that yeah, it added a lot more depth, I felt like. Yeah. Kind of a, a very human quality to it, as opposed to just being like, these are the good guys, and we only follow their story arc, and these right. are the bad guys, and we yeah. really don't like them. Because then we get the idea of, these are, oh, these are people too. Yeah. And we get both sides of the story, which mm. I thought was an interesting development. I do too, and I feel like part of the reason why maybe I liked Eureka a little bit more than you guys did was, I guess I kind of appreciated that she's not great, because I think... Typically in Star Wars, you're really given like kind of all good or all bad. And I guess you could make the argument that like, well, Han's a smuggler and, you know, he and Lando start in it because of their own like desires and needs and stuff. But they're just so quickly like these golden heroic characters that I kind of like seeing somebody who's just kind of like, meh, you know, <laughs> and I think particularly. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that in the following books, well, I'll see more development with Erica. Yeah. And it will yeah. be more, as opposed to like this. Hard and fast, closed off. A one-off off. doesn't work. Doesn't yeah, work yeah, as yeah. a one-off. Yeah, you know? I see so that. In the sense of growth, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for that kind of redemptive quality to play in. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will go in that direction. Yeah. yeah, well, that's uh, it's that's why it's kind of hard, I think, to rate something that is written as part one of a trilogy, you know, mm-hmm. because, like, all of the complaints that we had about this book, by the time we get to the end they might be irrelevant, you know, like once you've seen the whole picture, it might be like, yeah, okay. You know, so I, and on the one hand, I, I want to kind of like reserve a little bit of judgment, but on the other, I mean, I, I kind of agree, Steve, that there are some things that just like didn't quite fire on all thrusters in a way that I wanted them to. For, for me, I think like, I'm curious as what you guys think of the ending. Cause I, I think that it's supposed to be a twist ending mm. and it, for me, it, it was not like, <laughs> you know, like I, I even wrote my notes. I was like, what the heck was the point of chapter seven, which was about mm. Tinkertown and stuff oh, like yes. that. And then there was like, and then chapter like, you know, 15 was about Tinkertown as well. And, and whatever his name, Devin, Devon, Devin. Yeah. And then the very end of the book, I was like, Oh my gosh, here we are. We're back at, so I was like, Oh, maybe this is really important. And, uh, and they were like, and Devin is, major keys and i was like oh you mean don't you mean like that guy that like let quell go like that was their twist like <laughs> i was like who cares i don't even care about that guy like you know like <laughs> it, I, I thought like it would have been cooler if he was the, if this devon guy was somebody else or maybe if devon was that jedi that's what i was expecting oh, oh. Like, oh maybe it was oh, a jedi in hiding oh. and it was gonna be leaped into the oh, story that's when I was just like, all right, this book, it's not a one-off. This stuff really doesn't – you got to go into the second book. It's like yeah. they broke they broke one book up into two books. So, you know, because then all that – I feel like all that character development is going to happen or it's going to be, you know, finished in the second book. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, I think that's something like – again, to use like the Jedi Academy trilogy or, or even like the Zahn trilogy, the thing that I feel like – the reason why those books stand the test of time is because yes, they're a trilogy and yes, they're meant to be one like interwoven story, Mm. but each individual book you probably could read by itself. And yeah, 
it would still work. You know what I mean? And I don't know that this one does. This is much more like a serialized thing. Yeah, it's much more knit together. I know Steve had mentioned the ending, and yeah, even though I mean, I I, I feel like I kind of saw it coming because they had kept mentioning keys throughout the story, and I was like, when is mm. he going to just suddenly appear? Because surely he's not really dead. Mm. Um, I I guess I didn't see him connected with Devin, and kind of like you, what you had said, Steve, the first chapter that showed up and we're in Tinkertown. I was like, where are we? And what mm -hmm. is what in the world is going on? Yep. Who are these? Yep. I didn't know and when so, it was I, either. That was a thing. I yeah, what, it was It was just a strange, yeah. all of a sudden, stop this current story and start this new little mini story. It's and so, so yeah, it was It was very confusing. I always kind of yeah, wonder so, if that kind of thing is like a drop-in. You know, if, like, if this reveal was going to be a later book or something like that, and they were like, yeah. no, 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 we need this sooner, you know, so we can have a twist. I wonder, oh, that could be. you know, because you're right. It does, it does feel like, and now here's a short story set in this universe that's not super connected. <laughs> so, yeah, it's maybe it was like something like the, that. Sort of like the hardcover with the graphic novel kind of inserted in the middle. Right, yeah. Kind of like little, that. It's a little confusing. <laughs> just a little confusing. Like the wrong part of the graphic novel. Yeah. Right, right. Like, and like not at the beginning or I don't know. It, yeah. That's so strange. So strange. But with the ending itself, again, I'm I'm curious to see how they develop that because I, <laughs> I feel like that'll be very pivotal to see what Erica's character is going to look like when she finally realizes, oh, he's not dead. Yeah. To see like where they take it in that direction if she'll be like, oh, all right, switch sides. Which yeah. I, I very much doubt, but I'm curious to see how they deal with the internal struggle that she has knowing that he's still alive. I agree. And that kind of got me to a place where... I don't know. In in the tail end of this book, I was I was just like I said at the top. Like I'm like, okay, fine. I wasn't really like, oh, I have to read book two. I feel like mm. while I kind of agree with you, Steve, that like that's not a didn't feel like a super important character. I felt like the reveal and the level of twist did feel kind of like a oh game on kind of an ending, and I did <laughs> like that, and it it did kind of make me want to pick up book two. Yeah. So even though that graphic novel was like I don't know four pages. Yeah. I even had a. I even had to point out an issue with that. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> You're the I, worst. Give me some it's no, no, Star no, Wars no, Day, Steve. The, the reason why Shadows, Shadow of Endor was so good is because it there was attention to detail. Oh, sure. It, yeah. it, right? Even down to the gold. We'll, we'll ask the, we'll pray to the golden one and yeah. they'll tell us what to do. You know, like yeah. things like that. Like this one, grandmother, you know, the, the, the um, Imperial general or commander. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she goes, She's talking about, oh, the separatists are rebels or whatever they call themselves. And I was just like, wait a minute, what? Like, we've established that they are the rebellion at mm -hmm. this point. Like, separatists happened 30 years ago with, like, when it was the Nitpicker. separatists and the... Uh, yeah, but I was just like, that... Come on. That, I mean, come on. <laughs> all right. So, mixed bag. Amanda's more on the uh, positive all-in side. Steve's on the... Well, on page 48, they forgot to <laughs> side of things That's so true so did you also make grammatical corrections as you went? yeah could you uh, let me no, get you it was audiobook so i couldn't do oh that. too so bad no... well you're gonna have to get the hardcover and start because yeah. we need, oh, I we have need it. more complaints yeah. i'm gonna yeah. start tonight yeah do... <laughs> do it give me give me pages by this weekend all right here's my question i know i know amanda that you've you've run out and, and pick up book two are you are you ride or die for this trilogy like are you gonna make it all the way through to the end I think it'll depend on what they do with book two, because like you had said, 
the ending for book one made it more compelling in some yeah. ways to see how it developed with book two. And so I think somewhat similarly, it'll depend on what they do through book two, but also what the ending looks like, mm, whether yeah. or not it'll carry me into book three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. I just have to see. This is the thing that I get stuck on. You could live in a world where you've read two books in a trilogy and didn't finish a trilogy. I could never do that. You'd be comfortable with that, Amanda? I think it, like I said, it depends. Well, so here's what I'd do. I would, I would cheat, honestly. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, like, yeah, I would cheat. be like, all right, tell me the cliff notes on what happens in book three. Okay. And then depending on how they did book three and what the ending looked like, I might go and pick it up just because I'm mm. like, oh, all right. I didn't see that. But then okay. if I, if it kind of followed what I thought they might do, I might just let it go and be like, all right, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm at a place where, like, I'm amenable to reading book two. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't rush out. First of all, Amanda beat me to our copy of, of Alphabet Squadron. <laughs> I just want to put I put it on That's hold. Awesome. I put it on hold. But Amanda pulled it off the shelf and didn't check it out. I, I'm just saying. Uh, <gasps> but book what? two, uh, I know you've already got, Amanda. But I'm not, I wasn't in a rush to go and grab it. But it's like a, a thing where if you guys were like, hey, we're going to read book two and reconvene in a month. I would do it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I'm at. If I had a good reason to read it, if I had a good reason to read it, I would, and it'd be fine. And I'd probably enjoy it. And I might still, but I'm not, well, that's, that's the top too, of my list. Yeah. If I, if I picked it up in three months, I would have forgotten book one and been like, oh, I have that's, to go back and review book one. That's before. true. true. Steve, so, I, f- I feel I know the answer. The going. Yeah. yeah that's, I'm gonna, that's wise. I'm going to get out of this series sooner than, Eric okay, well so you're, would, you're not, and I'm gonna. <laughs> you're so one I and done. Take it out now when one I should. Done. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know I finished book three, but I want to quit the series. Can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. So what's your sense. what's going to be your next venture then, or don't you know yet? I have a couple books on my shelf from Star Wars that I wanted to read. There was one that I was looking at. You know, I even thought about reading the Timothy Zahn series again. Oh wow! Because see, that scares me. I don't know if it would hold up. Uh, well, that's why I want to do it, right? Because I remember it being amazing, and then I've read Timothy Zahn's recent stuff and was like, oh, oh hate really it. not that good. The new Thrawn stuff? No. The Thrawn stuff is Ooh. like, dude. No, no, no. Oh, man. I, I even, when I read the um, Tarkin. <laughs> oh, oh <yeah>. Tarkin. <laughs> when I read the yeah. Tarkin series, I was just like, oh, this is, this is what I wanted, but it just wasn't as, it wasn't written as well, I thought. I see, I, I see. I, you know, I, I don't know. I... I I was, I have very little time, so I want my books to be like, you know, grand yeah. slams. Yeah. And maybe I'm That's just true. setting the bar too high, but it, you know, I thought Grand Moff Tarkin is such a mysterious character. Like that should be a, like really mysterious and evil, and they just kind of made him like he was brilliant. And then mm. what Thrawn was just like, ah, oh, he's just weird. He was to try to make him like he was like cunning and psychotic, but it was just like, nah, he's just weird and Those... he's blue. Those That's, didn't those like, didn't connect with me either. It didn't, yeah, it didn't. So, I'm I'm curious to go back because I have that. I remember it being really good. You know, maybe Dangerous. if they do frustrating, I'll just go through the Han Solo trilogy again. Oh, I'll, that's I'll, good. I'll, AC I'll Crispin, like I'm, sh- I'm sure that will stand yeah, up. I'm that sure one that will for stand me. Up. That uh, that does bring you to my final question here, guys. Though, for uh-huh. I mean, it is May the Fourth. It's Star Wars Day. I'm wondering, outside of this book, do you have any other Star Wars related plans? Well, I'm reading First Blood. It's a graphic novel that we've got from the library that's it's kind of like Kanan's 
origin oh, story and I've read that. starts out as a yeah. one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going through that because it came in recently and I was flipping through it. And ordinarily, I'm not a graphic novel person, mm -hmm. but I like his character from Rebels and I liked just the layout and I'm interested in the backstory. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Rebels doesn't give a great deal of his backstory. They, True. they just allude to it. So I was like, oh, that'd be interesting to see like yeah. how he did the Padawan and then went from there. So I'm doing that. And then I'm looking forward to Kenobi coming out. Yeah, that's yeah. soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is soon. So I'm I'm hopeful and a little uncertain just because I feel I like they've been sort of hit or miss with their different Star Wars series. That's for sure. Like Mandalorian I really liked. Boba Fett I haven't even finished yet. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I just haven't been able to get through it. I'm like, okay. You could not, and you probably okay. be just as That's happy. true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's worth it for the Mandalorian content. Last on, on the last episode of How's Things, Malik was our guest. And Malik said that he loves Boba Fett. It was just like okay oh, with really? Mandal with okay with Mandalorian. He was like, yeah, Mando, whatever. But like Boba Fett was amazing, and I was just like, what? Oh, wow. What? <laughs> wow. I just couldn't. That's he was only in like only couldn't... in like two and a half episodes. I know it's show. true. <laughs> I know. Yeah, blew my mind. Even though I've been stung by the High Republic like one too many times. There's a, a manga series. That I've heard really good things about, and I've liked all of the recent Star Wars manga: Rebels, Leia. Um, mm. That was another one. Oh, the Lost Stars. That's a few years back. But I, I would like to read that. And then we've been kind of slowly with our son watching through Star Wars Resistance, which is um, okay. one of the more recent animated series set adjacent to the Star Wars saga. And it season one is like I want to say it's lead up to Force Awakens, and then season two is lead up to the Last Jedi. It's more of a little kid show, I think, than Rebels or Clone Wars, certainly. Um, but it is enjoyable, and there's there's intriguing stuff about it. So we're going to try to, like, uh, pound through that. What about you, Steve? For me, my Maybe. work, we, we celebrate special days like Earth Day okay, okay. and like, fun oh, things nice. and stuff like that. So they're really, they're really banking on me for uh, May the 4th yeah. to kind of take control <laughs> of that. And, I think you should. You know, and they were like, oh, what should we do? Like, we should... We should put this on in the um in the the lounge i was like now nah, we should just put star wars on they're like oh yeah that's a good we could do yeah. that and i was just like <laughs> how is that not the first thing right that's that's <laughs> so, just, yeah it seems but no like obvious. they're really it, so they're i mean they, they trust me to to think of fun games and ideas and you know i kind of i'm not going to name drop but uh one of them did say that their favorite movie their favorite star wars movie was the last jedi mm. and i oh you know, yeah oof, yeah that's so, rough that's a choice. She, she stands behind it. <laughs> you know, I, I may have been a little yeah. rude and said that she was completely wrong. Huh. Um, but uh, subtle I, as always. To, I'll have to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did it in, with uh, cunning um, yeah. kindness. Intact. Yeah. Yep. Intact. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm the expert. You're not. So, <laughs> but uh, I'll have to ask her why. And she'll have to tell me. Yeah. But, uh, defend like, herself. So yeah, they're really they're really banking on me to do all kinds of fun Star Warsy stuff. And I thought about baking some like Wookie cookies or something. Oh nice! That My coworker got me a Star Wars baking book. I was just gonna say. <sighs> yeah, I, ha I have that. Yes. I have that. So I'll have nice. To... Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like good things in the works. Oh uh, yes. All around. Okay. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining us for this special crossover episode. Mm -hmm. 
next here on House Things. It's going to be a Lonely Hearts book club. That's where we run a report, pull a book uh, from our stacks that's never, ever circulated before. And we try to figure out why. We try to figure out what went wrong. So that's what we're going to be doing next on House Things. On this Enduring Life, we'll be covering episode 2B, Princess Nisa, with special guest Eric Mickles. Hey, that's going to be a good time. That's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) All right. He's going to have a great take on that episode. I just know it's going to be the worst one. Probably. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be the worst one. He's going to Yeah, season Season two of the Ewoks cartoon has been rough for us, Amanda. It's been been a rough time, but... If it's anything like the comic book we read, you you wish it was that well structured. No, that's uh, it's, oh, it's all right, then. way worse. That's not the case that. here. Yep. Way worse. Yep. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's gonna do it for the house things. This Endorian life crossover. We'll see everybody next time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Today, for our special May the 4th book club, we are discussing the novel Star Wars Alphabet Squadron, which... Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at me. All right. <clears throat> Today, for our special May the 4th book club...